As we get deeper into the pandemic, vaccines that can limit the spread of COVID-19 have emerged. With the news of two new vaccines authorized in Canada, there has been lots of discussion surrounding the safety, efficacy, and contents of these vaccines. My name is Miranda. I'm a Bachelor of Science student and lab assistant at McMaster University. I've been very interested in the development of COVID-19 vaccines because when working in a research lab, it's hard not to be fascinated by the amazing scientific breakthroughs that have followed this pandemic. I have noticed in recent media outlets and when talking to people, many individuals hold skeptical attitudes towards being vaccinated for COVID-19. I understand where these people are coming from and I think that these are healthy skepticisms. This vaccine has had a very fast development process of only one year. Usually vaccines take multiple years to develop and get approved. I'm here in this series of I Don't Know Much to discuss the recently approved COVID-19 vaccines, the myths and media that have been highlighted in the news, and shed light into the amazing scientific journey these vaccines have undergone. While I know that some people will decline the vaccine without knowing what it's about, I also know people will willingly take the vaccine without knowing what it's about. I am here to provide information that will allow everyone to make informed healthcare decisions for themselves, whatever they may be. In this episode of I Don't Know Much, we are going to talk more about some of the rumors, misconceptions, and misinformation that has surrounded the authorization of the new COVID-19 vaccines, as well as discuss some of the COVID-19 testing process and information about the new COVID-19 variant that's making its way through the news. When I think about vaccines, I think about long testing processes, and we've mentioned a few times on this that this vaccine has been a very quick testing process. So how do I know that this vaccine isn't going to give me like cancer in 10 years? So what's cancer? Cancer is the development of abnormal cells that grow and divide out of control. These cells have gene mutations that turn the cell from a normal one into a cancer cell. These mutations may be inherited, develop over time as we get older and genes wear out, or develop if we are around something that damages our genes, like cigarette smoke, alcohol, or ultraviolet radiation from the sun. Vaccines are an immunization practice in which we receive whole or parts of a virus that allows our body to stimulate an immune response and set up defenses if we are ever to encounter that pathogen again. This action has not been shown to be related to the development of the abnormal cells of cancer or to an increased risk of cancer. In fact, some vaccines actually prevent cancer development by protecting the body against viruses that can cause the development of the abnormal cells of cancer. This is the case for the human papillomavirus HPV vaccine in which long-lasting infections with high-risk HPVs can cause cancer in parts of the body where HPV infects our cells. So why should I continue social distancing and wearing a mask if the vaccine is being administered to people already or if I'm vaccinated? So the World Health Organization estimates that 65 to 70 percent of a given population must be vaccinated to stop the spread of a disease. Once that threshold is crossed, the COVID-19 virus will have too few human hosts to choose from, driving down viral transmission rates. 
we can only reach this percentage of immunity if people are willing to get vaccinated. The more people that choose not to vaccinate, the longer it will take for this virus to be eradicated. Herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is a reference to broad indirect protection of a minority population from an infectious disease. This can occur when the majority of a population is immune through vaccination. Herd immunity is important for those individuals that cannot get vaccinated due to allergic reactions to a vaccine or a weak immune system. The more people that get the vaccine, the faster we will be able to achieve this type of immunity. It is also important because there is also still a possibility that vaccine recipients could unknowingly spread the virus to others because they are asymptomatic. While the vaccines are safe and effective at reducing disease in more than 95% of clinical trial participants, whether it prevents infection and transmission is still unknown. Infectious disease specialists across Canadian universities have indicated that it isn't possible to know yet that there is no data to suggest that people are less transmissible after being vaccinated. All we know is individuals who got the vaccine had less symptomatic disease than people who got the placebo. Vaccine developers will not be able to tell if vaccinated individuals can still transmit the virus until the vaccine is distributed on a large scale. It is possible that the vaccine does curb the transmission of the virus. We could speculate that if your body is eliciting immune responses to the virus's protein, it is going to kill the cells that harbor the disease if ever exposed, preventing you from getting infected with COVID-19. However, because the trials were only demonstrating less symptomatic disease, there is no way to really know if the vaccine does this until larger populations receive it. This means that social distancing and wearing a mask are still an essential social responsibility until we know for sure that viral transmission can be prevented with the vaccine and most of the population is vaccinated. So if we don't know if, if it can stop the disease from spreading, why should I get vaccinated at all? The vaccine has been demonstrated to prevent COVID-19 infections. Whether this means that people were still infected but didn't have any symptoms, we don't know for sure. This result is better than being infected and having symptoms, especially for individuals that may have more severe cases of COVID-19 infection. Even though 80% of cases are mild, we don't know how it will affect us at all. The idea of herd immunity is really important in this case because the more people that get vaccinated sooner, the faster we can lower transmission rates and protect those that can't get vaccinated. So I've been hearing this term a lot, PCR test. What, what is that? Like, what is a PCR test? Real-time PCR tests are used for COVID-19 testing. RT-PCR, which is the acronym you may have seen, stands for Real-Time Polymerase Chain Reaction. The real-time PCR test works by amplifying the virus's genetic material to a level where it can be detected and distinguished as a positive COVID-19 case. Real-time indicates that the amplification and detection process are condensed into a single step using specific lab equipment, whereas with just a regular PCR test, the detection process occurs after amplification and it just makes the process longer. In order for real-time PCR to occur, the chemicals they add in the reaction are fluorescent so that the machine is able to detect them. The test requires samples from patients, which are the nose swabs that health practitioners take during the COVID-19 testing process. The sample is received by a lab, 
patient information gets entered into the system, and then a technologist uses specific reagents in order to extract the genetic material from the sample that was collected. This material is then placed into a tube that contains all of the chemicals necessary to conduct the test and detect COVID-19 if it is present. In order to actually detect COVID-19 in the sample, primers that have the same genetic code to the COVID-19 genome are added. Primers are short nucleic acid sequences that provide a starting point for DNA synthesis. If COVID-19 is present in the samples, the primers will match up with the COVID-19 genetic code and the enzymes added to the reaction will begin to start synthesizing the COVID-19 code over and over again to exponentially amplify the DNA. This is where the amplification part comes from. This then gets detected by fluorescence with the machine and by the time the testing process is done, if COVID-19 was present in the sample, the test would have amplified it to levels of detection and indicate this as a positive test result. This amplification process allows even a small amount of virus to be detected if it is present. If there is no amplification and we don't detect COVID-19 by the end of the test, there indicates there is no virus in the sample and it will be deemed a negative test result. This information gets entered into the system and that's the result you see when you check your COVID-19 test results. So I've heard that the virus has mutated, what do I need to know about the new COVID-19 variant? The new COVID-19 variant that has been brought up in the media recently and is one of the reasons for the United Kingdom's strict lockdown has been found in multiple parts of the world. Viruses mutate all the time. Viruses that encode their genome and RNA, like the SARS-CoV-2, HIV, and influenza viruses, tend to pick up mutations quickly as they are copied inside their hosts. This is because the enzymes that copy the RNA and make new viral particles are prone to making errors. If a mutation occurs that makes the virus easier to infect human cells, this is the variant that is going to now soar through the population. Overall, coronaviruses change more slowly than other viruses. The SARS-CoV-2 virus accumulates roughly two mutations per month in its genome. This is about half of that of influenza, which is responsible for the flu, and one quarter of HIV. Over the course of this novel coronavirus, there have been multiple mutants sequenced and identified. The new variant that is cause for concern identifies multiple mutations in the viral genetic code, including in the spike protein, which is what the vaccine is protecting against. The mutations alter the binding domain of the protein that makes contact with our human cells and it makes it easier for the virus to get inside. There has been no evidence to show that infection with this variant makes the disease more deadly, only that it is better able to infect humans. And rest assured, the vaccines do develop immune responses to the new COVID-19 variant despite these mutations. Vaccines train our immune system to attack many different parts of the protein, so even though part of the spike protein has mutated, the vaccines will still work. I hope that you all enjoyed this final episode of I Don't Know Much, where we discuss some of the remaining information that has been circulating about the COVID-19 virus. I want to thank you all for joining me for these four episodes, and I hope that you have learned at least something from all my rambling. 
I am very happy that I could share some of the information that I've researched over the past few weeks in order to provide you with new perspectives when making your healthcare decisions. Stay safe, stay smart, see you next time.